This is Common Ground, KCRW Berlin's new talk show, encouraging debate and a deeper understanding of hot-button topics in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. The coronavirus pandemic has changed a lot of how we do things, especially traveling. KCRW Berlin's Sylvia Cunningham explains. Back in March, leaders around the world began imposing sweeping restrictions to contain the novel coronavirus. One was Donald Trump, who got a lot of attention with this edict. We will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The U.S. president added, And these prohibitions will not only apply to the tremendous amount of trade and cargo, but various other things as we get approval. Anything coming from Europe to the United States is what we are discussing. These restrictions will also not apply to the United Kingdom. The actions drew swift condemnation from EU leaders Ursula von der Leyen and Charles Michel. They urged international cooperation rather than unilateral actions. In an interview with American broadcaster CNBC, European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde agreed. You know, I, I'm, I'm not to judge one measure or the other uh, by, by any government, but I doubt very much that um, disease have passports and uh, are aware of borders. But less than a week later, the EU countries began imposing their own sweeping travel restrictions. Wir müssen darüber hinaus verhindern, dass weitere deutsche Reisende im Ausland stranden. German Foreign Minister Heiko Maas told reporters, we need to keep German travelers from being stranded abroad, so we are issuing warnings against all tourist-related travel worldwide. Bitte bleiben Sie zu Hause. He added, please stay home. It helps you and others. The travel warnings and other stringent measures seemed to work. Germany ended up with a lower infection and death rate than many other countries, including in the EU. But the restrictions also sent the German economy into a tailspin and crippled much of the travel and tourism industry. Chancellor Angela Merkel's government recently lifted its general travel warning for 160 countries outside the EU, including the United States. But with a second coronavirus wave erupting in Germany, Health Minister Jens Spahn again urged people to stick close to home during the upcoming fall and winter vacations. That did not go over well with everyone. German Travel Association CEO Dirk Inger told German public broadcaster ARD, it shows Mr. Spahn loves to push alarm buttons. It also shows he has a one-track approach to important questions about travel. Inger said, travel is almost completely at a standstill. Not just vacations, but business trips, which is detrimental to export-oriented countries like Germany. He blamed federal government policy, calling it, quote, one-dimensional when it comes to travel. Which leads us to what we'll talk about on today's Common Ground. Is Germany overdoing it with the pandemic-related travel warnings? And what will travel look like for the rest of this year and the next? With me in the studio are Volker Adams, the head of government affairs at the German Travel Association, or DRV, and Christian Tensler, spokesman for Visit Berlin, the city's official tourism service. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. And joining us on the phone from Washington is Elizabeth Becker, an award-winning journalist and author of Overbooked, The Exploding Business of Travel and Tourism. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. 
Let's start with the latest travel rule changes in Germany, where the shift, as we heard, is away from restricting trips to entire countries or states and instead focusing on regions, cities, and even districts when it comes to coronavirus regulations. That's led to some strange mandates. For example, residents from my Berlin neighborhood of Prenzlauer Berg are able to travel to the German states of Schleswig-Holstein and Bavaria without any problems. But my colleagues who live in the nearby neighborhood of Kreuzberg and who decide to travel to those two states are banned or forced to quarantine unless they can produce negative coronavirus tests. Volker, how are these very confusing rules and warnings affecting people's fall and winter travel plans? Oh, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, within Germany, people are feeling very insecure. They don't really know what to do. I mean, travel within Germany, well, you know, people do travel and they're planning to travel um, because they're feeling, okay, nobody's really going to check them or find out. But when it comes to travel abroad, and a lot of uh, Germans tend to spend their um, fall uh, holidays and holidays in winter, maybe in Austria or in Spain or in Egypt or wherever, they're kept from traveling because uh, of the travel restrictions the German government has set out. But uh, are people actually starting to make plans? Because technically the bans or the travel warnings, as they're called, are lifted. So people can go to all these countries. They may not be checking the minutia, like with the example I gave here just within Germany. So are they actually planning already to go? The general travel ban has been dropped. But we are seeing specific travel bans to certain countries and most of the 160 countries you mentioned beforehand, there's been uh, new travel restrictions set upon them. So people are feeling very, very insecure and they're not really booking. And uh, for usual year, 70% of Germans spend their holidays outside of Germany. And now they're not even spending their holidays within Germany, but they're staying at home. And this is very bad news for, for tourism industry. Christian, how are the new rules affecting tourism to Berlin, given the fact that COVID hotspots in Germany are here? I mean, it's a disaster. To say it very clear, it's a disaster. And I think it's not manageable that we have neighborhoods, or Bezirke, as we say in German, which are restricted to go to Schleswig-Holstein and other regions, and the others can. That's, that's impossible. I think we need a common way to deal with this uh, crisis. Are people staying away from Berlin because of the fact that there are hot spots here? I mean, we already lost most of our international guests. 45% of our guests were international guests before Corona. Now we have 10 to 15%. I think, yes, people, the uncertainty yeah, that they can't plan is reason enough to stay at home. Elizabeth, how does what's happening in Germany regarding the intense travel scrutiny, the warnings, the bans, compare to the experience in the United States? We are the equivalent of the Wild West right now. Um, I'm listening to your two guests, and it's so rational. And I'm quite envious that you are pinpointing exact spots where you have problems and allowing the rest of the country to follow the regular rules. We don't have such rules. So, for instance, to take a trip within the United States, you have to check our Center for Disease Control to see where the hotspots are, and then you have to go to that state, and that state may or may not tell you the information you need because they've decided not to do that. They will have strange rules that make you very nervous, and you have to go and find you know, the one or two states that you trust. 
forget going overseas. I mean, our passports are this side of worthless in most countries. And the countries that do pinpoint the states in the United States that have good records and allow those American citizens to come are very few. I'm thinking of Costa Rica. So it's very hard on the travel industry, to put it mildly, and ours is in much worse shape than Germany's. We don't have the government support that you have. And as you know, the American leadership, President Trump and much of the White House, have COVID-19 and um, still refusing to give um, additional subsidies. So it's a patchwork of irrationality. Unfortunately, the foreign ministry declined our invitation to join us and explain the reasoning for continuing their intense pressure on travel. Christian, you're with the Visit Berlin site, which is the city's official tourism office. So can you speak to that issue? I mean, is it necessary to curb travel to the extent that is happening, in your opinion? I mean, first of all, the health of our guests is the most important thing. And I think the German government has in the last uh, month during the summer weeks They did a good job and the management of the crisis were very good. Now we face the winter and the autumn and the winter season. And of course, the number of infections are rising. And we have to think about different rules to get along with the crisis. But what is happening right now that in every of our states, some of our states are rules like this and in other are like this. This is not the best way to solve the problem, I guess. People need to know what is going on. They need to plan, and people can't plan. In Berlin, 230,000 people are working in tourism. They have no future right now. They don't see a future, and that is something we have to discuss and to talk about and find the right regulations for this. Volker, your CEO, Dirk Inge, told ARD that the solutions the government has come up with are just too confusing and too simplistic. I'm wondering if you can explain what your association's position is. I mean, what do you think would be a better way to prevent or protect people against the coronavirus and allow for travel to be a little bit more flexible, shall we say? First of all, increased testing. That's the number one. We don't believe in border restrictions and quarantine because coronavirus does not have a passport. Most of um, the tourism destinations have implemented uh, security hygiene protocols and all of this. And we've seen that the holidaymakers that have come back to Germany after the summer vacations to Spain or to Italy or to Greece, even high-risk places, most came back not infected. 0.27% of travelers coming back from the high-risk place, Spain, were infected when coming back. We, we know this because everybody was tested, because these people arriving by plane, they had to take a test, and nearly next to nobody was positive. So we believe in the end you will have to have more and more testing Testing is the answer. By doing that, by having safe corridors, testing holidaymakers, getting on the plane or before they get on the plane, coming to the destination, spending their time at the uh, hotel, joined by other holidaymakers that have been tested, coming back, being tested again. But when looking at the, the holidays themselves and the holidaymakers, we didn't get one single holiday 
maker, package traveler, in the summer months that had to get treatment at a um, hospital in uh, one of the destination countries for COVID-19. So, yes, there were some people infected, but not in a very serious manner. So uh, this means for us, people should and can travel as long as they travel safely. Elizabeth, what do you think? Do you think testing is the answer? And I mean, are there countries out there that are doing this right, that are able to preserve travel to some extent? Yes, testing is the answer. And um, boy, which country is doing it right? Unfortunately, yes, COVID-19, the virus doesn't know any borders. However, the leaders who control those borders are being held accountable to the citizens who don't want to become infected. So you, you can look at the corridor system, which mostly works and was just referred to. That's been working in Asia and Australia to a certain degree. A large country like China has recovered a lot of its tourism industry by working within the domestic market not worrying so much about overseas. And that has helped increase the tourism industry and brought it back a bit. But the IATA, the Organization for Air Travel, has said that overall there's been sufficient number of new surges of COVID-19 in the world that they see another downward trend towards the end of 2020, and they've had to reduce their prospects to a 66% drop from 63%. So you can have a sane, safe idea in Germany, but that's going to be thrown off kilter because every country is experiencing it differently, whether it's closing down bars in Paris or shutting down the whole quarters in Madrid or having a big breakout in, um, in South Korea, which had done so well before. You cannot plan for that. And my suggestion would be to the industry, why not consider – helping planning by really getting away of all those fees you have for changes and stuff like that. I don't know if Germany does, but a lot of the industry would do much better if they got rid of the fees, said this is a situation we cannot plan for. So make your plans. If something doesn't work out, don't worry. You'll either get credit or you'll get your money back. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will hear from some travelers about their experiences in Germany and the United States. Stay tuned to Common Ground. I'm Marco Werman. Each day, we give you the world. They don't want people driving into the center of London. The world is curious. It's a total chaos in Venezuela right now. The world is surprising. The Australian government is completely clueless. The world is unexpected. The Japanese really have made history today. The world is right here. Join us. Tune in to The World, Tuesday through Saturday at 9 a.m. on KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Common Ground on KCRW Berlin. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and my guests are Volker Adams of the German Travel Association, Christian Tensler of Visit Berlin, and award-winning journalist and author Elizabeth Becker. We've been talking about the travel warnings and bans in Germany and beyond, and whether they are effective in curbing the pandemic, or whether they are unfair to travelers, tourism, and businesses. We're going to hear from two women who love to travel and how they've adjusted their plans to do so since March. The first is Annie Voigt, a doctoral student in Berlin studying learning and memory. She spoke with KCRW Berlin's Sylvia Cunningham. 
Tell me what your original summer plans were and how the pandemic ended up changing them. So my original summer plans were to do a long-distance bike trip from Berlin to Istanbul. That's about 3,000 kilometers, a very international trip. And the pandemic changed it in the sense that I didn't feel comfortable traveling through so many countries and being exposed to so many people, either because I could be spreading something, I could be a vector, um, and I could be endangering myself and others. And hence, I thought it was more uh, the responsible choice to stay within the country while still traveling. (laughs) But you still wanted to do an active vacation. So instead of that bike ride, explain what you did. I decided to run (laughs) from the lowest point of Germany, which is a flat patch of land, 60 kilometers north of Hamburg, uh, straight down to the Zugspitze, which is in Bavaria. So adjusting my long-distance trip to a slower form of movement, (laughs) Um, but still long enough to challenge and entertain me. As of October 1st, there's no longer this blanket COVID-19 travel warning for most countries. Do you think you'd be more likely to travel now? I mean, I didn't travel uh, outside of the country during the first lockdown. I'm not going to travel outside of the country during the second lockdown. Right now, I don't see the point. Uh, Maybe I'm a bit more on the rather safe than sorry side, but I, I agree with more restrictions. She wanted to ask this panel why there wasn't a greater push during the summer holidays to keep people within Germany. And I'm going to let Christian start. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by greater push? I think most of the people felt, or a lot of people mm-hmm. felt such insecure that they decided to go to Germany. I mean, I wanted to go from by, by bicycle from Vienna to uh, Romania. And I decided to stay in Germany because too unsafe. I mean, not it's not even the the thinking that you're uh, it's against your health. It is more than you can't calculate if you can come back without going in quarantine. And this is a problem that they don't know. Can I come back to my home region? Can I come back to work? And this insecurity kills the feeling for traveling. Did you see an uptick in Berlin? I mean, what, were there more tourists coming here because of the sentiment you just expressed? At all, no. We lost in the summer... Um, season or in the summer month, uh, we lost 60% of our um, guests because we lost most of the international guests. And Berlin is very, very interesting for international guests. And we lost most of them. Volker, has the travel industry changed its approach to vacations and travel to accommodate people like Annie? That's a difficult question. Yes, we saw enormous change in the way Germans traveled this summer. Usually 70% of Germans travel outside of Germany during the main vacations this year. It was just about 20% going to Spain or to other destinations within Europe. The long-haul destinations were completely... Um, there, there was nobody catering to those destinations. So... And um, yes, um, a lot of tour operators have tried to promote having vacations within Germany. But, you know, yes, there are people interested in city trips. But with COVID on, on the run, people tend to decide to go to places outside of cities 
where they can spread out. But we see, we saw enormous uh, amounts of people crowding um, the seaside resorts on the the northern sea and uh, as well as the Baltic Sea. The second person we will hear from is Karen Mahmoudi in the U.S. city of Atlanta. I've known Karen since we were children and we lived in Iran. She was diagnosed in July with COVID-19, and she ended up hospitalized twice and had her lung drained. Even before she got sick, she was a stickler for masks and followed hygiene and social distancing rules because she was recovering from an earlier surgery in March. Karen said she mostly stayed home because of that. But once she recovered and no longer tested positive, it was time for a change. I just needed some beach time. And the reason that I felt more comfortable was because I was outside. And I knew I'd be on the beach most of the time. Um, I knew that I was always going to wear a mask if I was around people. And I really did stay away from people or inside type of situations. She went to the Florida Panhandle last month and to Nashville earlier this month. I asked her whether she worries about the virus when she travels. Yes, I am nervous. And actually, I've been invited to Ohio, to California, and I want to go to Massachusetts to see my mother. But I am very paranoid about flying. I don't mind the traveling. Like, if I get in my car and travel, I know everything I'm doing, you know, and I have control of my environment. The only time I wouldn't have control of my environment is if I'm flying. Elizabeth, is Karen's driving across state borders to go on vacation something that Americans are doing more often? It's a sort of a mixed bag. Going across state lines is different in the West and the Midwest, the South, the Northeast. Americans can only vacation in the United States. They have bought recreational vehicles so they don't have to stay in hotels or motels. And yes, they will cross state borders, but whether or not they pay attention to the rules of the state is something else. And that's, that's the precaution I was talking about at the beginning. When you go to a state, will you be looking and following their rules, or will you just keep going and saying, what the heck? Amer- a lot of Americans don't believe in masks. They don't believe in quarantine. So yes, they will cross borders, whether they'll be respectful of the laws in the state that they're visiting, or maybe the states don't have any. And overall, the rate of infection has been tracked to a lot of the travel. Falco, what about the experience in Germany? Are more people preferring to go by car and train rather than planes? I mean, do they share that fear of being infected because of recirculated air on the plane? Absolutely. I mean, the distances are obviously far, far shorter than in the U.S., so for most people, it's no real problem um, taking the train from north to south or uh, jumping into the car and, and taking the car. And we've seen a lot of travel um, this summer, stayed within Germany or just went to the neighboring countries to Austria or France or Italy. Uh, people chose the car. So I have a last question that I'm going to put to all of you, and that is, what do you see happening for Christmas travel this year and for 2021? And we'll start with you, Christian. I mean, what do you think the experience will be for Berlin or for Berliners? What we wish is that we should celebrate our Christmas markets because uh, these are very important for the city. Normally we have more than 70, 80 Christmas markets and there are hygienic concepts which are really good and um, I really pray that this will happen but I can't tell you this will happen. 
nobody knows. So no scoop you can give us today about <laughs> whether the Christmas markets will open. <laughs> no, uh, I hope so. And next year, I think we need a very long time for, for recovering. Uh, if you look at the Berlin airport, we will have a new airport this month. They have 20% of their normal traffic. And this will last for a very long time. If you look at all the, the airlines, how they plan, I'm not very optimistic. And I think we need this fast testing and I think we need vaccination. And we need the help of everybody to get safe or safer. And our problems at the moment are not the guests and the travelers. Our problems are the young Berliners who are making party in the parks and uh, yeah, act like super spreaders. And um, that's exactly what we are working on now, that we have to follow the hygienic rules. We have to. If not, we will have a very, very dark winter time in terms of tourism. Falco, what about uh, the broader picture? What do you see on the horizon for German travelers uh, at Christmas this year and in 2021? Well, yes. I first of all, yes. I I hope that we will see the reopening of the Christmas markets. Not too optimistic on that, but I am hoping, and I'm fairly optimistic, we will get safe corridor solutions for at least two or three warm water destinations, maybe for the Canary Islands, maybe for Egypt, maybe even for some of the islands in the Indian Ocean, Seychelles, uh, Maldives, or even uh, some of the Caribbean islands. And obviously for travel companies, it would be a good start for 2021. And obviously we are hoping that through testing and um, maybe the extension of the, the safe corridor solutions, we might see the opening of even more destinations and tourism markets. So this is something we, we are crossing our fingers for and, and hoping in, in this direction. But uh, we're in dire need, I, I can tell you. Elizabeth, I know that uh, Americans uh, are probably worried about more things than about where they're going to be traveling <laughs> for Christmas or, f or for next year. But what are you seeing? I mean, what do you project will happen uh, with travel from the U.S. or within the U.S. Uh, come 2021? Well, you didn't say it, but our election, our political crisis and our climate emergency with our wildfires and hurricanes have just destroyed all those sorts of plans. But what we're walking into is the cold weather when it's harder and harder to meet people outside, which has been the social alternative. So everybody's being encouraged to get a flu shot, but the idea of, of traveling much in the holiday period is pretty much diminished. And what you're seeing is the expansion of the wealthy doing wonderful things, that very wealthy in their private airplanes that can't go to the Caribbean and can't go to um, the resorts with you know, a thousand acres of protection. And you're seeing a lot of um, shaming on that, uh, that a few people with money can have great vacations and the rest of us <laughs> sort of fiddle around. And it's and then around the holiday seasons and continuing to the cold weather, if it's not outdoors, it's going to be harder and harder. Well, let's hope that we can soon travel again, uh, that things return to normal. Um, that's Well, one can only hope, right? That's the show for today, and I'd like to thank my guests, Elizabeth Becker, an award-winning journalist and author of Overbooked, The Exploding Business of Travel and Tourism, 
Volker Adams, Director of Government Affairs at the German Travel Association, or DRV, and Christian Tensler, spokesman of Visit Berlin. It was great having you all on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, thank you to everyone who tuned in. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Join us next Monday for another episode of Common Ground. You can hear our show on 104.1 FM in Berlin or stream it via the KCRW app or kcrwberlin.com. Common Ground is also available as a podcast, so download it wherever you get yours. And if you want to pose a question for our guests on upcoming shows, go to kcrwberlin.com and click on Common Ground for details.